Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Wind River in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Wind River is the newest film from writer Taylor Sheridan, uh, who was, I believe, nominated for his writing in Hell or High Water last year. Uh, and um, was also uh, the writer of Sicario from 2015, which are two films that I think are great. Uh, really high quality writing and just you know, some of, the, some of the best films from their years, without a doubt. You know, Sicario was, you know, my top 10 in 2015. Uh, Hell or High Water was an honorable mention in 2016. So I went in with pretty high hopes for Wind River. Um, and I was pretty excited to see Taylor Sheridan directing uh, his own film as well. Because I think, you know, you he's got, he's pretty much mastered screenwriting already. And so it's clear that he has a very good idea of what he, a very good visualization of the film. You know, it's difficult to write a screenplay without knowing how it's going to appear in some sense. You know, obviously some a lot of directors are going to put their own spin on things. But I think, you know, the best some of the best writers are ones that know what most of the final product is going to be before the director's even named in, and then a lot of t- in a lot of cases. So Taylor Sheridan seems like that kind of person. And so his directorial debut was definitely something I was looking forward to. Something I wasn't really looking forward to was Elizabeth Olsen and Jeremy Renner. I thought, Going into this, I was really trepidatious about their their ability to lead this film. Uh, you know, their biggest movies in the last couple of years have all been Marvel films. Uh, you know, Jeremy Renner had a great, great performance in The Town and in The Hurt Locker. So, like, I knew he was capable of it, but it, it's it's still tough to kind of pull him out of the Avengers in that sense. You know, he is in his, you know, like born legacy, you know, it's not like he's not bad in it, but he's not remarkable. Uh, His stint in mission impossible, I think was largely hit and miss and, and forgettable Um, American hustle he was one of, you know, he was completely outclassed by pretty much everyone else in that movie. And in Arrival, you know, it was that was Amy Adams' movie through and through. So it's been a while since he's really had a chance to to take control of a film for himself. And I was really impressed, really impressed by Jeremy Renner in this movie. I think he did an outstanding job. Um, just being, you know, he plays this very stoic but emotionally hardened character very well and he does a great job in in wind river as that character he you know he's a father 
who lost his daughter when she was a teenager, and he doesn't really know the full circumstances of what happened, which is, I'm sure, like, just, just eats away at him every single night he goes to sleep because he's a tracker. So, you know, he's, he's used to knowing exactly what happens and to something before it dies or before, or, or, or just it's when it, while it's going through life and for him to not be able to see the, the, and pinpoint the events that led up to his daughter's death is, is, painful it has to be incredibly painful and so you you de- that definitely comes across in the film the movie doesn't really linger on this event it's definitely an element of his character but beyond that it's largely pushed to the side which i like i think it's something that needs to be um you know seen not heard and it certainly is uh, on the other hand elizabeth olsen is also in Marvel movies, <laughs> and, uh, you know, she was in Godzilla, she was in the Old Boy remake, um, and so I was very concerned about that as well. I wasn't sure that she could really put in another sort of Martha Marcy, May Marlene performance. But, Lo and behold, she could. Like, I was astonished by just how committed and how just invested in this role she seemed to be. She was very convincing, uh, despite the fact that she was very young and being an FBI agent and being young, you know, that there's a lot of like bad connotations, just being young in like any sort of law enforcement agency. But you know, this movie does a great job of her proving her own mettle against these harsh conditions and sort of rising to the challenge of this really awful predicament that she ends up being knee-deep in. Uh, So that was concerning to me going in, but, uh, you know, 20 minutes into the movie, I was completely unfazed by them, and I was in. I was locked into this movie. It's a very compelling story. It's far more traditionally told of a, like, suspense thriller than some of the movies of late that we're used to. It doesn't quite have those big twisty moments. It really isn't trying to lead you down the wrong path. And I like that. I like that it's actually just people doing their job and it working. You know, we stumble through this mystery. We find clues. They lead us to new evidence, which leads us to new clues, which leads us to revelations. And that's pretty much it. Like, we don't really get sidetracked too much at any point. And we just track down the people who are responsible for the crime that was committed. And I, I, I think that's, I think that's bold. I think that's very bold for this movie to take that stance. And yet it's also, you know, very much in line with Taylor Sheridan's writing style. He, you know, Wind River, or not Wind River, uh, uh, Hell or High Water is quite simply, it was very, a, a simple movie on its, at its core. It doesn't take a lot of twists and turns that you're not expecting but it's so well written and so well 
conveyed and you know the performances are so great and the directing is very on point that it elevates what should be a very mediocre film to something great and i think the same thing is true for wind river there's uh, the the general conceit of the movie is that um a woman dies out in the snow she freezes to death essentially uh, it's a little more technical than that but essentially she freezes to death jeremy renner is a tracker he's the one who finds the body elizabeth olsen is called in as the fbi agent to figure out what the cause of death is and like how to go about the ne next step and the two end up pairing up when no help is going to come for them to help uh, graham green and the native american police figure out what just happened uh it's 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 very compelling it's very moving stuff it's not you know it's not gonna throw you out of your seat the way detroit or dunkirk is but there's some really heavy hitting scenes in this movie that ultimately do leave you a little shaken and will make you wonder and and pause and think for some time to come what the movie does the movie does a lot of things really well so to kind of start go through those things um besides the acting and it's not just olsen and renner you know you have graham green who is fantastic as the police chief he's very dry um adds a lot of levity to the situation you have gil birmingham who is also in um hell or high water he is perfect he is amazing in this movie i think he had my favorite performance actually out of everyone uh, he and renner share the final scene of the movie and it is picturesque it is is, is gorgeous um you have a couple you know there's another character another actor in here that i think is great you know i like that they picked him for the part he's just recognizable enough and and well known enough to to really bring enough gravitas to this role that but not so so much that like he'll john krasinski the movie the way he john krasinski does in detroit so and i i don't i hesitate to the name because it's a mild spoiler like i was not expecting him in this movie and he doesn't show up until like an hour and 15 minutes in um the 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 tension and the taut suspense that permeates the film as well is is really well done you know it's it's tough to build that kind of a feeling and emotion when you do have a movie that's kind of presents a clue solve the clue get another clue solve the clue and you're not and it's just a straight line of clues it's not taking you 20 different directions and misleading you down every single path like a lot of mystery suspense movies do and yet here we have a movie that doesn't really it's like hiding in plain sight the whole time which i think is is absolutely brilliant i think it does a great job of that and it's a testament to the writing and directing from sheridan that it's able to accomplish that so well uh it's it's uh, um you know and kind of 
springboarding off of that, you end up with this relationship between the Native American reservation of Wind River and Jeremy Renner's character and Elizabeth Olsen's character. And the two of them are effectively outsiders amidst the the events that are taking place because the woman who died is Native American. But, you know, it's made very clear early on that, you know, Graham Greene just does not have the personnel to take care of this case by himself, and he does need the help. And even though her death is ruled a it's not ruled homicide because of the way she died, it's actually freezing to death, not from anything that was done to her. Uh, it's, you know, Olsen and Renner are on their own. I think that the two of them make a great pair, but you know, ultimately this is a story that's trying, and I, I really emphasize trying, trying to be about the Native American situation and their emotions and their feelings given the circumstances. And I emphasize trying because I don't think it succeeds. I think it comes very close. I think there are a lot of great, great scenes involving the Native American cast. And I think that we see a lot of fantastic points of view that are in the Native American eye. But about halfway through the movie, the film does shift focus onto primarily white characters. And that is kind of a problematic switch because it's very clear, particularly from like the end title cards, just how important the Native American people are to Sheridan regarding this movie. Like they, that's clearly the point he was trying to get across and yet they don't get enough spotlight to really succeed in that sense. Which brings me to my biggest, biggest critique of this movie is that it doesn't really have the focus as far as the message it wants to send. I think that based on these end title cards, it wanted that focus and that message to have something to do with the Native American population, Native American women in particular, and just how terrifying it is for them because nobody's coming to help them. They're out on their own. You know, the, the statistic apparently is that Native American women are the only demographic in the country that aren't kept track of when they go missing, which is seems ludicrous to me. Uh, but, you know, that's just, I guess, how it's done for some reason. And I, I don't know what can be done to change that. I don't know how we can fix that. And I don't think the movie presents presents any answers. You know, none of us are going to pack up our things and go live on an Indian reservation where we learn to track and become Jeremy Renner. Like, that's just not a thing. Like, people don't do that. And so it's it's kind of confusing because there's also this element of... Um, fathers losing their kids, which gets explored as well, but not to the extent that it becomes the central idea. And there's this idea of vulnerability and exposure and uh, uh, um, I guess you could call it as well, like nudity and 
and such with the, the women involved in this movie. And I also think that doesn't get touched on enough. And because all of these ideas are potential ideas that this movie could be about, it does kind of tug things in different directions. And it makes the movie seem a little bit more frayed and unsure of itself than it really, I think, is. Because I think this movie really knows what it's doing. It just, I don't know, it just makes one or two missteps. And, you know, I think it misses out maybe on one key, one additional key, you know, Native American, Native American centric scene that would have really solidified that that was the emphasis and point on what this movie is doing and what this movie is about. Um, uh, so, so it's, 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 it's a difficult kind of way to approach it because, you know, clearly the two lead characters are both white and the predominant supporting cast are all Native American. So to an extent, you can look at that and say, well, that's kind of how things are in real life. You know, white people are given far more credit and respect and reward than a Native American person is. They have more benefits and they have more rights. And as much as that shouldn't be the case, that is the case. And the movie, you know, it's not like I don't think I never once felt like the movie was trying to comment on that element by way of its structure but that's what ends up happening like the movie does give itself away for these white characters and with the exception of the final scene between Renner and Birmingham which again includes Renner so take that for what you will it's like the back 40 minutes or so are generally just white people and white people problems and white people situations And that's kind of disappointing. You know, I I think this movie had a great chance here to say something far more interesting and far more important, and it did not take it. So I don't know what exactly Sheridan's intent was. I've been trying to piece it together. Uh, This movie's been on my mind for quite some time since I saw it yesterday. But I just, I cannot figure it out i can't understand what seems to be going on here as far as message and 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 meaning are concerned uh outside of that you know i don't i don't want to get into spoilers for this movie i think it's it's much better off going to see it yourself you know it is under two hours like it doesn't feel long um it's well edited and well paced there's a very fascinating um shootout moment that seems it seems very haphazard and lack that it's lacking choreography when as what has to have been the case is that the choreography is just so well done that it makes it seem that unrealistic to be taking place. And I I think that's fantastic. I love that immensely. I was a big fan of those scenes. I think they're very high high octane and 
you know, they, they really inject a lot of life into this movie in the last half hour or so. Uh, there's also uh, another, so then another issue that I kind of had, and this is something, this is my one big critique I have for Sheridan's writing style, is that every now and again, the way he writes feels a little too perfect. And I, I generally I generally mean uh, dialogue in this sense, is that some of Renner's extended monologues, he has one with Gil Birmingham as he's breaking in the news that they found his dead daughter. He has one, there's a couple with Elizabeth Olsen, and they all seem just a little too well-written. They're just a little too precise and to the point. And it's supposed to seem, I think, that he's coming off the cuff with this stuff. And it doesn't. It just doesn't. He appears quite... Almost insane in this this one little instance. Like, he will not let other people handle this this situation because it's it's his responsibility which is noble and it's it, it, it's definitely not something to be scoffed at but uh, you know like how much of that information could have helped him you never know uh, so that's mildly frustrating uh. Yeah, so I'm I'm very favorable on Wind River. I think it's a very very good movie. I would definitely put it in the same league as Hell or High Water, though I think it's far cry from Sicario. On the other hand, and where Hell or High Water failed to make any Circle of Film nominations last year, I currently have Wind River slotted in at four of them uh so i have jeremy renner for male lead uh, taking over from keanu reeves and john wick i have uh elizabeth olsen for female lead taking over from salma hayek in beatriz at dinner i have gil birmingham in best male supporting actor uh, taking over from John Hamm and Baby Driver. And I also have Screenplay. Uh, taking over from uh, The Beguiled. Taking over from The Beguiled. So, Four's nominations starts out on par with Wonder Woman at the moment. Um, two back from... The Big Sick, Logan, and a Ghost Story. Three back from Wharf with Planet of the Apes and Dunkirk. Uh, so, you know, starting out strong, definitely a movie I'm going to keep in the back of my mind for a while here. And one that I do encourage people to go see. It's it's definitely not as dark or, or as nail-biting as something like Detroit or Dunkirk, as I mentioned before. But it does have a lot of moments that are going to make you squirm, that are going to make you tense, that are going to make you concerned and worried for what's happening. Um, which is what a good suspense mystery thriller is going to do. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't really think I have much else on this movie. Um, 
without really going into spoilers, it's it's very exciting um, to watch just how meaningful every movement is in this movie. Uh, you know, I think Taylor Sheridan's attention to his script has always been very fine. And I think he must be applying that same attention to his direction because I see so many actors that came from this movie that seem to be constantly, uh, you know, like trying to be as precise as possible, trying to figure things out, trying to understand what Sheridan ultimately wants. I think that that's how he often comes off and his ability to kind of direct those differences and abilities and changes makes him that much better as a director than a writer. So if I presume he's going to keep writing. Uh, he's apparently writing a new movie called for next year called Soldado, which um, he will not be directing, but uh, or at least he's not attached to director at the moment. So mm, I don't know. I, I hope that he's recognized for his directorial abilities. I do think that they're very good. And I hope that he, he continues to do it in the future. I, I think that'd be nice. I think it'd be real nice. So that being said, that is my review of Wind River. I really liked it. I encourage you to go see it. The performances, in my opinion, are the strongest element, but it has a lot of good positives and a few principal minuses as well. Thank you so much for listening. If you're interested in other episodes of this podcast in my spreadsheet in the Circle of Film Awards and Scavenger Hunt Superlatives, you can find all that information and more at thecircleoffilm.com. Or, or no, at circleoffilm.com. One word. Uh, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, or answers, you can direct those to circleoffilm at gmail.com. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be good, say goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be good, say Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.